even though he knew to expect it because he'd been hunting many times in his fifteen years. He still had to bite back a yelp of pain. He'd always been scrawny, without much padding against such impacts. "'Good shootin', lad,' his father called from one of the other loopholes. "'Ye down the scally Rory looked through the slit and saw the gunman crawling back toward the corral, dragging a wounded leg behind him. "'Now kill him!' Hamish McTavish roared. "'Get him before he gets away!' Rory swallowed hard. His paw was right, of course. You couldn't pass up an opportunity to kill a Whitfield man. But Rory had never actually killed any man, let alone one who rode for Devil Dave Whitfield. Ah, I shoulds a known, Hamish said as Rory hesitated. The old muzzle loader in Hamish's hands blasted, and even in the fading light, Rory saw the Whitfield man jerk under the impact of the heavy lead ball that blasted away a chunk of his skull. The man sprawled face down on the ground, near the corral as the rain began to fall. Hamish pulled his rifle from the loophole and started reloading. He was good at it, his motion swift and smooth. He'd carried a rifle just like that during the War of Northern Aggression, when he was a little younger than Rory was now and to hear him tell it, he'd used it to kill dozens of damn Yankees at a place called the Wilderness. For all Rory knew, it was true. By and large, his father was a truthful man. And a harsh man in his judgments as well. Rory had heard the scorn in Hamish McTavish's voice just now. He should have known that he couldn't trust his son to be a real man. That's what Hamish really meant. "'Tis startin' to rain,' Hamish said as he slid the rifle's barrel back into the loophole. "'I expect they'll be charging us now. They won't want to get wet, the bloody spalpeens.' "'Let em come,' Rory's older brother James said as he poked a long-barreled Remington revolver through a loophole. He carried the Americanized version of their father's name, since he, like Rory and their sister Margaret, had been born here." long after Hamish had immigrated to this country. It had been James who had opened the ball by loosing both barrels of the old double-barreled greener at Whitfield's men. The rancher's gunwolves had shown up to accuse the McTavishes once again of stealing Circle D cattle, and when Hamish and James argued, one of the gunmen reached for his colt. That had been enough to make James's finger jerk the scatter gun's triggers, The weapon had lived up to its nickname by scattering the hired killers and giving Hamish and James time to retreat into the dugout. As he squinted over the barrel of the Remington, James went on. Easier to kill him that way. Ah, yes, Rory thought as he worked the Winchester's lever. James was a son after their father's own heart. Margaret came up behind him and asked softly, Do you need more bullets? Rory glanced over his shoulder at her. She was seventeen, two years older than he was and two years younger than James. There had been six children in the family, but the two youngest, a boy and a girl, had died of illness in childhood without ever reaching eight years old. The oldest, Charlie, 
had been killed two months earlier in a shootout with one of Whitfield's gunslingers in Valverde. The loss still put a bitter taste in Rory's mouth whenever he thought about it. So he tried not to think about it, even now when they might all be on the verge of being wiped out by Whitfield's men. He hung on to the rifle with his right hand and thrust his left into the box in Margaret's hands. He took out a dozen cartridges and shoved them into his pocket. Thanks. Here they come, Hamish called. Rory leaned forward, put his cheek against the rifle stock again, and waited to kill his first man. It didn't have to come to this. That thought went through his head as he saw men rush out from behind the barn and the corral and charge toward the dugout, orange flames spurting from their guns and splitting the stormy twilight. If his father and